Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Cyro Gutierrez, 39, Spur. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, super excited to be back on the airways with you again this week. And super excited and, and ready to have this conversation and discussion with our special guest today. Uh, as many of you know, I get the honor and privilege of talking to high-impact men across this country, getting to know a little bit about what they do and and, and certainly learn a little bit more about their health and wellness journey. And in today's episode, I'm super excited to get to know our guest and what he gets to do and some of the perspective he has on health and wellness. And today's guest hails all the way from San Antonio, Texas, uh, one of the only cities of Texas I've been to more than once. And in fact, I was sharing with him, I, I used to go quarterly for a few years. So I'm very familiar with some of the surroundings, but of course, I'm talking about my good friend and the nation's good friend, Cyro Gutierrez, uh, otherwise known as Spur in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, my brother. That's right, man. Hey, I appreciate it being on. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So right off the top here, Cyro, tell me how bad I butchered that last name. And if you want to give us the correct pronunciation, we'll appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to actually bring it up. But on a scale of one to 10, it was about a six. So, Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, but hey, listen, you know, Cyro Gutierrez, uh, or if you want to roll your R, Cyro Gutierrez, uh, 39. Uh, I am known as Spur in the Gloom. Um, let me tell you quickly about myself. I was EH'd by a gentleman by the name of Fish, who I deeply love and appreciate. Um, he's an F3 veteran here in F3 Alamo or here in San Antonio. And I got my name uh, because um, in my first uh, beatdown, uh, I just moved from Kansas City. And prior to that, I was in Oklahoma City. And I was a huge Oklahoma City Thunder fan. So, of course, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, like, I'm the biggest Oklahoma City Thunder fan in San Antonio. And everyone just collectively said, you are now known as Spur, like, literally at the same time. And I thought, well, that's that's great. So um, I'm very fortunate to have a pretty decent name. Um uh, I have been um, married with my M for about 15 years here this coming year, and I have three 2.0s, uh, an eight, five, and two-year-old. So uh, if I'm not in the gloom, I'm working pretty actively with the family. 
Yeah. Are they all boys, all girls, mix? Uh, girl, boy, girl. Uh, okay. So eight-year-old is a girl, and then middle middle one's a boy. Got it. So best of both worlds get to see see a little bit of each as far as uh, perspective of, of, of 2.0s. That's right. That's right. Yeah, That's right. I have one. I have one of each as well. Um, and my it, it, and it's funny because I'm one of three kids and, and my wife has a brother. And so we have one of each. My brother has three boys. My oh, wow. Uh, my sister has five girls. And okay. my wife's brother has three boys. So they okay. all got one of, you know, one set of, of whatever. And we are the only ones out of all of everybody <laughs> to have one of each. So it's kind of, oh. uh, we get, we get the unique perspective of, of yeah. what it is to have a girl and a boy uh, in the house. That's right. Well, I'm kind of curious and maybe we'll take this offline, but the, uh, are you a middle child? Are you an oldest child? Are you the youngest child from your, your yeah, side? Yeah. N- yeah. No, I am the oldest. I'm the oldest, the oldest. Of, of my okay. siblings. So I'm currently uh, 45 years old and my brother is sh- uh, not far behind me. He's only 44. He's 44. We're about 17 months in difference. And then I have a sister that's about five years younger than me. And okay. so, uh, um, but, uh, we're all here relatively local in the region that we're at, uh, which is Charlotte, North Carolina, Fort Mill, South Carolina region, uh, area. Nice. So we're all nice. here, yeah. um, which is nice. Uh, how about you? You got siblings? Yeah. I have a brother out in Houston. Uh, we nicknamed him jockstrap because he's only showed up once and he was just, he was complaining the entire time because he only does his lift weights. And he was making fun of F3 guys because all we do is body weight exercises. So I told him, like, you know, in the middle of apocalypse, you know, dude, like, what are you going to do? Just lift the car? I mean, like, and, and we're going to be the ones actually running the world. And so he was, you know, yapping the entire time with mumble chatter. And so the guys affectionately told him at the end, he is now known as Jockstrap. Uh, since he didn't appreciate the F3 workout and, uh, <laughs> he hasn't come back, but, uh, he's been invited back many times before. Well, that's a, that's a tough name to carry with honor. You know, uh, that's, he, that's, he, he might <laughs> demand a, a rename at some point. Sometimes <laughs> it's a, it's a matter of how well you'd name the guy, if, but to your point, if, if you knew that, uh, maybe he wasn't, wasn't a good fit at this moment, uh, maybe having some fun yeah. with the name is, is a good way of sending them off and, and having a little fun with it. So, you know, my What's brother, funny, is, he actually um, likes the name. Oh, does he? Good for him, man. Yeah. That's he, great. Uh, yeah. I mean, he loves the name. Yeah. I, you know, and I, and I don't know this. I, I know my brother, uh, funny enough was in F3 before I was because of really it had to do with his prox. He lives closer to the Metro region kind of where F3 was mm-hmm. really taken off uh, years before I got involved with it. Um, we've never posted together and I don't actually know what they used to call him now that I think about it. Um, yeah, is that three that's names? blasphemous. That's it blasphemous. Is, it is. Yeah, well, yeah, it's funny yeah. now that we're kind of having this conversation is reminding me that, you know, cause I don't think he's posted in years. Uh, I, I need, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to see him in a, uh, we're, as, as we record this, we're coming up on the Christmas holiday. And so I'll be, right. a, I'll give, I'll have an opportunity to see him over the holiday here and maybe I'll re-engage uh, an EH and, and see if I can't get him back 
out in the gloom and, and join them out there and, and get, get all that going again. So now I'm inspired Spurs. See, you're, you're, you're a true leader already uh, leading me to, to make some better decisions. <laughs> so speaking of leadership, uh, you're yeah. in the San Antonio region. Is that, is that the, is that, what's the name of the San Antonio region or, or is it called San yeah. Antonio? Yeah. So for, so it started about, um, let's see about nine years ago now, uh, here in San Antonio, the guy named Madonna who started out in Charlotte and then about a couple years into his tenure with F3 moved here to San Antonio and literally legend has it that he was, you know, working out by himself for, for a couple years, uh, until some, you know, guys consistently started showing up and then he wound up getting a core around him. He passed the reins to me, uh, to be, you know, the Nantan here locally, uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, and, and at that point, that's when I changed the name to from San, F3 San Antonio to F3 Alamo, uh, just to make it cool, you know, just make it different and unique. And then just offer us the scalability to grow as we, as we branched out into and starfish into other regions. And so, um, you know, and, and since then we have, and so my leadership journey with F3, I was a, a Nantan for about a year, uh, my 15 months or give or take, and I handed the reins over to. Uh, another, uh, you know, him uh, of hims. His name is Mulch. Who is now serving as an area queue, and 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 I was asked to uh, step into a sector queue role, which is the uh, basically I get the benefit of working with all the studs and Nantans across Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, Louisiana, and all of Texas. So uh, I meet with them on a monthly basis, and you know we have a lot of um, discussion about like how do we continue to move forward this wonderful thing we call F3 in their own communities and, and help inspire others. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned this on some, you know, recent shows. Uh, I'm, I'm currently having the opportunity to talk to a lot of you guys that are in the role of the sector queue and just learning more about how you guys are supporting these Nantans and, and, and these other leaders in F3 is just really interesting and, and so needed. And I'm, it's, it's amazing how, you know, when the need arises, uh, you know, how someone kind of takes that initiative and starts rolling with it. And those of you willing to step up and be part of it, uh, it is so cool. And, and, uh, I can completely understand, um, you know, the, the value that an Antan probably has for the support that you guys are able to, to help them with and, and keep them motivated and supported. So that's, that's super cool. Now, how proximate are you to the actual Alamo with some of your AOs? Uh, yeah, so uh, I live probably four and a half miles. No, I lied. Five miles total from the Alamo. Me personally, I live five miles. Oh, wow. The only reason I know that is because there are times where I'm running and I think, do I really want to run 10 miles today from my house and hit touch the Alamo and run back? And most of the times I fall short and I'd only do nine. But, um, but yeah, so I physically run, you know, or physically live five miles from it. But we have AOs that are within one mile from the Alamo, uh, but then most the majority of them sit just north of of, uh, of the Alamo in downtown San Antonio in this area of uh, the neighborhood, a neighborhood called Alamo Heights, uh, which is where we started and where Madonna, you know, originally started us out from out of. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. And and as I mentioned, kind of pre-show and as I was giving us the opening today, I, I referenced the, the fact that I've been to San Antonio uh, multiple times, hasn't been to Texas very often, but the majority of times I've been in Texas was San Antonio. 
And uh, yeah, I'm a little, seen... I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Like when, when you said that, I thought, well, how come he never showed up to our Pearl AO, which is just, I know, uh, you know right? a mile well, away so from the river say, walk. Yeah, I, I can't. And this is all honesty. I don't know <laughs> if I was part of F3 when I was going out there as often. And if it was, it was kind of more tail end, um, you know, before I kind of really took the red pill and, and, and was all in on F3. Um, really got serious. Plus, yeah. yeah. Plus when I was out there for most of the time, I mean, I mean, these conferences all day. And again, it, in, in today's world, it's difficult. I, if, if I ever make it back out there, which, you know, PAX, if you've never been in San Antonio, it's definitely worth a, at least one visit to go see uh, the Riverwalk and the Alamo and some of those things. It's, it's a real pretty spot to, to be. You should check it out. But if I ever make it back, I will certainly work out. And I want to work out near the Alamo. I, w- I want to say that yeah. I'm, I'm working out right here. And and, and I was, um, not, I don't know what I expected, but, um, you know, the Alamo isn't this huge grand mecca no. of a, of a fortress that you, I don't know, growing up when you hear the stories and you read about it in your American history book or whatever, you kind of vision this one thing, but yeah, you, you really learn. It's just this small little mission and it's just kind of a no big deal building. And it's amazing what went on there. Yep. It's a, uh, obviously it's well-known across the world, right? Well-known, especially in the U S and people, when they visit, they see the Alamo and everyone has the exact same reaction. It's like, you know, this is it. I mean, this is the thing we traveled when we wanted to see. And, and then you get the Pee Wee Herman jokes, uh, you know, there's the Alamo Pee Wee Herman (laughs) and yeah, the basement. Um, but I think it's a good representation of Texas, right? It's a good representation of, of Texans in general, right? It's a, this, um, you know, these group of individuals that really fought to the very end and uh, really, you know, really die, willing to die for their personal beliefs. And I think you'll see that a lot about Texans in general. But, you know, San Antonio, let me echo what you just said. Uh, if, if you want to come to a vacation spot, come to San Antonio and tell them Spur sent you. And they'll be like, who? And then uh, then you can just joke and try to EH them to F3. Uh, but, you know, you guys are always welcome down here in this neck of the woods. Yeah, and you guys hosted a uh, Grow Rock, uh, and I saw pictures yeah. of kind of walking through the river walk and stuff. Now, did you participate in that? Yeah, uh, I did. So funny story about that one. So I, I was the one who said, yes, let's do Grow Rock here in San Antonio. We need to do this because I did one back in uh, 2017 or 18 in Houston, and it changed my life. I mean, the thing was just a mind-boggling uh, opportunity um, to to really see what leadership is like, you know, face to face in adversity, and um, and I was one of the guys that was helped leading the guy uh, th- leading the men through the, the entire night in Houston, and I I remember thinking that this is life altering. I will never be the same man again. Um, I remember finishing it, said I will never do this thing ever again, and then when the opportunity presented itself to host one. And San Antonio, I was the first one to raise my hand, said, we need to do it and I'll lead it. And it actually was in 2020 and it was in the middle of COVID when we were going to do it. And, um, and, and we're at the very beginning of COVID. Well, we didn't really know what COVID was and what the impact was. And so we, we had to pull the plug a couple of months before we launched in, in September of 2020. Uh, and we wound up just doing a local thing here, an all night ruck, um, you know, a, a, a marathon ruck 
just with the San Antonio local guys. And then the next year we pushed it out uh, to do the GTE in May and, and uh, a guy named, by the name of Tuba led that particular event. And it was just, I mean, it was incredible. We wound up having, I think 109 to 120 guys participate. Um, I remember that evening, it was a big lesson I learned too. Uh, and I was going to touch on this here later, but I mean, I might as well bring it up now, but that evening, I remember carrying an 80 pound rucksack and I was just in my head. You should have heard me bones. I was cursing like crazy. I was mad. I was like, why the hell did I, you know, just say that I wanted to lead something like this and do this again. And, um, and then I, I, what I remember most though, is when we finished that event again, I remember saying like, Hey, I'm never going to do this again. Well, about a week or two later, I got a letter in the mail from one of the guys that was right next to me. I mean, we were under the log the entire night and he was right next to me as I was carrying the 80 pound sandbag. And he said in the letter, he said, um, you know, you carried the brunt of so much weight that evening and not once did I hear you complain. And I was here, I was next to you the entire time. And I was just, I, I laughed because I, I showed my wife, I showed my M. I was like, you know, I, I showed a few packs because it, it, you know, I was personally just so irritated that entire time I was under the weight and log, but it was a good representation of, you know, what's inside your head and what people see are completely different. And I hung that letter on my wall and it served as an inspiration for a good year as, um, you know, even if we're going through tough times, I mean, it doesn't mean everyone needs to see it. And uh, it was a, it was a great reminder for me that I got that letter from a guy named Waterboy. So Waterboy, you may not even know this, but that served as a huge inspiration for me for, for quite some time. And please don't get sad or mad that I said I was cursing. I, I, there was nothing against you, Waterboy. It was, it was all me, not you. No, I mean, that's a great story and a, a lot of fun facts in that thing. And, and, and one being, you know, that's the beauty of these grow rocks and the purpose of them is to push you to a limit where, yeah. You a need help from other guys, but to break through challenges and barriers that that we self-impose to ourselves. I mean, if it was easy, um, it's not a fun story, and it's not like That's a right. fun a growing experience. As much as it's no fun to go through a challenge or have to, you know, overcome an obstacle, those are the type of things that are, are fun to talk about on the back end. And so it sounds like you know, you had that perfect opportunity, you know, the, 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 the grow rug did what it was supposed to do for you. Right. And you can't ever yeah. really train enough for it because even if you do train and, and there's things that you can pick up, I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. The more you do them, the more you go, okay, I know kind of what's coming at me so I can mentally prepare myself for X, Y, and Z. And I can maybe get more proficient at certain elements of, of the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, the, the exercise or whatever we they're having us do uh, rotations yeah. or, or whatever they're having us uh, revolutions. Um, you can get more yeah. um, in tune with that, but I don't care that sleep deprivation and there's a breaking point. If, if you're, if you're mm -hmm. carrying your, you know, a proper amount, you're going to come to that moment where you just question the the sanity that you had of why did I sign up for this thing only to quickly forget after you get patched uh, within a couple hours going, now, ah, yeah, you know, that was pretty fun. What, when's the next one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, let's it do never it again. Fails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It never yeah. fails. Well, that's awesome, man. And, and I like uh, what you said about, um, you know, how people watch us 
and, yeah. and, and it's amazing, you know, as men, and that's just obviously something we can think about when we're in our, in our, the gloom with our own F3 packs, but really out in the community. And that's really what we're trying that's to right. do with F3 is invigorate that male community leadership. And the, our kids are watching us, our, our M's are watching us. And certainly the community at large is watching what we're doing and how we're carrying ourselves and going through some of that adversity and, and conquering that is, is good practice for what we're going to right. inevitably face in life, which is challenge, um, which, you know, makes for fun stories on the back end. I, I think yeah. all the fun things I have to say, it, you know, to anybody is, 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 is about a challenge. It's not how easy something was because that's not a fun story to even recreate or, or tell. So, man, that's right. You know, and, you. and I think through these, yeah, through, through these challenges, whether it is a GTE or like these personal life challenges you have, you, you enter this new barrier of what your capabilities are. And I think, you know, for me personally, for when it comes to, when I think about wellness or, or just, you know, myself in general, I'm always trying to reach my maximum potential. And I, I mean, and, you know, a lot of times we talk about that from a physical standpoint, but I, I look at it much more broadly uh, about my maximum potential intellectually, socially, um, you know, in the middle of a GTE, we, uh, that first one we did, what blew my mind is when we did an after action review over every, over every leader, right. That took over. And I've adopted that practice, uh, whenever I finish a person, I finish a meeting with a, a client or even when my wife and I have go to a party. I mean, I ask, like, could we, would we do well? What could we do better? That after action review of everything helps enhance, um, myself you know, to do just a little bit better next time. So maybe one day I can actually reach that maximum potential that I'm shooting for. Yeah. yeah it's amazing how we can apply some of these principles we learn in the gloom across yeah. the spectrum of our life. And I think that's what it's about, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's the reason you do it in one arena of life to carry it over to other arenas of life to, to, to maximize that. Well, so yeah. bring us back in time a little bit, um, Spur, as far as kind of your upbringing, um, were you into sports? Did you do a lot of things with athletics growing up? Yeah, so I, I was. Uh, I played baseball growing up. Um, played, and you know, before I was around, you know, and 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 a teenager, I played, um, you know, baseball and, and basketball mostly. And then once I got into high school, I focused on on baseball. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to get offered to to play. Um, at uh, at Trinity University here in San Antonio, and that's what brought me originally to San Antonio. Uh, and so I played for a couple years until I recognized I was hitting 20 years old. Some of my my buddies who were still playing were either getting drafted or they quit playing. And so I re realized this was my time to to exit. Um, but you know, all through you know up up, me, up until I was 20 years old, I was very conscious of you know working out. Uh, I was never I was never the strongest athlete. I was never the uh, the biggest athlete um, or the fastest, I was always the guy that was just going to outwork everybody. Um, I like to think of myself more or less as a slow starter. And then once I get it and get to my routines and processes, then I'm the one that will eventually get to the to the finish line probably quicker than most just because I'm, I'm very methodical with that thought process. And I've had that my entire life growing up. Um, I, I, I look back now and what I was trying to do then you know, I, I'm, I'm probably a lot more fit. Well, I am a lot more fit now, a lot smarter now, 
uh, I eat a lot better now than I did back back in those days. And um, and so so for for me, if my kids are getting into sports, I'm I'm hopefully going to translate some of the things I've learned to to, to them. Uh, so, but my journey, as soon as I I quit baseball, I didn't stop eating as if I was an athlete. And so, whenever I first was um, uh, getting into um, the professional world, I remember my brother uh, making fun of me, jockstrap, uh, making fun of me and saying, and seeing a picture of me. And he says, I look like the uh, uh, marshmallow man from Ghostbusters, uh, just big and chubby and pale, you know, and he said, you need to get out more. And so, and, and actually whenever I transitioned from and moved from Oklahoma, I went I was living in Oklahoma city at the time to Kansas city, it just got even worse. Uh, you know, stresses of work, stresses of, of, of uh, family stuff. My wife and I were, going through some miscarriages uh, that we were dealing with. Uh, we didn't have a church that we were adopting, uh, adopted into. And so really my, my life when I was in Kansas City uh, was just not where it needed to be. And so when, when I moved here to, to San Antonio, my mission was just to get so ingrained into the community and say yes to everything. And I was fortunate enough to one of the guys I met was Raul Rios, who um, you know, was fish. And he invited me to go out into the, the gloom with him one Saturday morning. And honestly, I showed up with a white T-shirt and shorts. And I'm so surprised the guys didn't call me big nips from that first one. Because, like, I mean, it was bad. And I was so out of shape. But I remember finishing that workout after they called me Spur. And I was adopted into this group. And I'm going home. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, you know how I've always been wondering how these older men are so in shape and I've been wondering how do they stay in shape? I was like, I think I found them. I found those guys. <laughs> and uh they're I, I I'm in that group. And she was asking about it and I was like, yeah, this is free and this is nuts and that's crazy. And so at that time I was about about 220 pounds, give or take. Um, you know, just I just again out of shape. And as I've as I've worked through F3 and you get yourself around individuals who uh, are, are type A personalities or that want to be the best at what they do and you just get influenced by them and you, you slowly learn to adopt some of their best practices into your own life and slowly I trimmed down to about you know 190 but I hit a hit a, a breaking point when I was at like 190 where I couldn't get down any lower and that's where I started adopting better eating habits um, and so then I got down to 180 but then then I, I still wasn't hitting these 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 goals I had in my mind. I hadn't re reached my maximum potential, and so at that point, I, I rec recognized that you know something had to be different, and uh, it might maybe my queen needed to be refined even further. And so there were some times where, and I and I like taking a lot of challenges. I'm 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 big into challenges. I'm big into testing my body and just doing experiments with things. Um, and so there was a time where. I was I was able to get my macros down to a certain certain uh, point where you know eating majority of um, uh, carbs and I was doing a lot of running and I got my mileage down as far as a mile to about seven minutes to you know six forty five minutes a mile uh, and I could even go further if I wanted to down ratchet it down even further uh, but I was like at one sixty five one seventy and uh, in, in my weight but at that point when I got to that weight. Um, you know, I, I recognize I wasn't able to do the same amount of Merkins as I was before. I wasn't able to do, I wasn't one of the stronger guys. We were, we did this fitness test at the beginning of this year through, you know, the F3 Alamo guys. And I remember I wasn't able to throw the ball 
uh, the medicine ball as far as some of the guys I know I'm stronger than, but my weight's not allowing me to be there. So for this past year, I've been focusing a little bit more on, on maintaining some sort of speed element, um, like when I'm running my mileage and, and cardio. Um, man, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here. You're going to, you'll edit it anyways. Uh, and then, but I'm able to maintain and get, continue to get stronger at the same time. And so where I've morphed into is I'm trying to, from a physicality standpoint, you know, be at least in the top tier among the packs that I'm with and strength, endurance, and speed. And, and so far right now, I've been able to kind of, you know, be around that area. Some days faster, some days slower than others, and some days stronger than others. But for the most part, that's where I'm trying to aim myself and my wellness and, and fitness level today. Yeah. So just for context, how tall are you? Six foot. Okay. So well, right at six, on, on yeah. my profiles, my profiles, I say I'm six one, but like, you there know, you and, and technically I'm five eleven and a half, but you know, I just say six foot just to. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to kind of paint a picture for people to know, you know, body, body shape, size, that kind of stuff. When we're talking about weight and, and different things, as far as how that fits on people's frames. Um, Cause I know some yeah. really fit 280 pounders and I know some really unfit yeah. 280 pounders, just kind of depending on their frame, how tall yeah. they are and the muscle mass, that kind of stuff in comparison to, to, to other things. So it sounds like um, you had kind of a, a desire to start running more, but that wasn't something you did historically uh, growing up because you did more of the baseball and even the basketball and stuff, you kind of run up and down a court. It's not these long distance running uh, it sounds like that was something more yeah. that you adopted recently. Yeah. So there was a, um, when I played baseball my freshman year, they had this, uh, the head coach had this goal where he said that you're only able to play for me if you're able to run a six minute mile. Oh, wow. And so all of us were scared to death because six minute miles are very serious you know, mileage. And so I remember a lot of us training really hard and even guys that were unfit training really hard to meet and achieve that goal. And in my head, that's always been uh, implanted as me into me as like, Hey, that is the fitness level that you need to achieve to, to be optimal. Right. So as I'm, because of that, I've always gone back to the running and trying to get to my mileage down as, as, as fast as possible to, to be able to see if I could still achieve what I achieved back whenever I was 19, 18, 19 years old, um, at that point was the fittest part in my life. And, and if I'm able to achieve that now where I'm 39, um, you know, then I think I'm doing pretty well for myself. So, uh, yeah, no, I think running those for me metrics is good. I mean, to, 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 to kind of keep you on, on track. So I didn't mean to cut you off though. I don't know. I mean, no, I was just going to finish and just say running for me has, has wound up turning into a, 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 a stress reliever. Yeah. right where i can just get my mind off of things so you know 30 minutes running here and just get my mind off of a few things just burn some extra energy and then getting back into it uh if i really want to get uh really into my running and get in better shape then i'll do 45 minutes to an hour or maybe an hour and 15 minutes and just extend it out just a little bit further sure yeah historically speaking i wasn't a huge runner myself i played soccer uh, and, and through that sport did run, but was never, um, considered a long distance runner. I never did like cross country or anything like that. Um, I'm about six, one myself and I, I can get as low as 170 as far as mm -hmm. my weight. And when I'm 
that light, I, I, I'm usually because it's, I'm, I'm running much more, uh, I have an event yep. or something that I'm doing. And then it was just one of those things when I, several years ago, and it was F3, uh, specifically that got me interested in doing some running. And it was really more of the second F aspect of, of the run. It was these team events, these, uh, things that you would do with the other guys, whether it was these 200 miler type of van style races or these camping Ragnar style trail runs, or the whole idea was, Hey, the guys are hanging out, but to be part of the team, you, you're going to have to you know, contribute part of it. And so that's what originally kind of got me interested in training that way. And, uh, I remember when I first started just barely be able to, you know, be in that eight thirty nine minute mile pace and just be like, Oh my God, I don't know how anybody does faster yeah. than this and just want to die yeah. after two miles to, you know, years later, I'm running eight to 10 miles at a sub seven pace. And just, it's amazing how, how your body adapts, but to yeah. your point, um, it comes at a cost. I, I lost a lot of muscle mass. I lost a lot yeah. of the other things that I, I really liked about my physique at one point. So I'm actually on the yeah. other spectrum now. I mean, after my last race, and I've said this multiple times on the show, uh, here this past fall, when I was back down to 170 after this longer endurance thing, I, I've, I've probably ran a couple miles in the last three months, you know, just total, you know, oh, wow. and not, and wow. not all at once. Uh, just because yeah. I, I'm really trying to concentrate on more of the straight training and, and so forth. And I've already, I was at 170 at the end of that race and I'm currently hovering about 186 now. So I've put on about 16, yeah. 15 pounds of muscle and it's just really been a transformation, but I prefer my, I prefer this physique for me. And, and I've basically told myself I've done the running thing. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the shelf for a while and, and, and maybe come back to it down the road. Um, but some yeah. people just love it and it's their release to your point and it's their ability to get out yeah. there and clear their heads and all that kind of stuff. Um, I prefer a good long ruck or something now, uh, a little lower intensity, <laughs> higher weight, something well, like that. Well, I'll tell you that here. So at the beginning of this year, I, I wasn't able to, uh, I was really super fast and, but I wasn't the strength where it needed to be. So I took that, the MABA, the make America burpee again challenge. And I took it to the next level. And my goal was 200 to 300 burpees a day. And so I did that outside and, uh, you know, after, before workout, during a workout, after workout, just trying to make sure I, I always hit that number. My physique after that program was just amazing. I, I cut down the running. I was just purely on, on the, uh, on the burpee side. And I mean, just everything just was ripped. And I, I, I thought this is where I, I want to stay. Um, but then I, I felt weird. Like I wasn't able to, I didn't have the same endurance mm -hmm. that I had before. So I was like, wow, that was nice when I could have run nine, 10 miles and felt like I was running with the wind. So then you start swaying back that way. And 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 for for me, it's all about the challenge of can I can I accomplish X, and and then working towards that particular challenge. And you know that's why it's awesome being around F three because you got so many different guys that are special in so many different ways of 
like one guy's incredibly strong like, that inspires you one month, but then another month you could be, you see a guy who's able to run a half marathon and get in the top five. And you're like, wow, that was cool. I want to do that. And then you see another guy who has a ripped six pack because he's doing these certain exercises. And you're like, well, I want to do that too. And so I'm always swaying back and forth of different challenges. And of course, I'd have to change my eating habits in order to get to that particular level as well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's what's fun about F3. And like I said, I would never, ever have done any of those running things had it not been for F3 introducing me to those things. And it's kind of yep. a full cycle now. I'm kind of on the other end of things. Um, I'm eyeing some obstacle course racing again, uh, maybe do some of those type of uh, events. I injured myself several years ago. My shoulder uh, slipped on a ring, like a, a ring, oh. uh, whatever you call it, you know, the hanging rings that you kind yep. of get progress on and slipped and poor shoulder. Uh, and just, it's taken me a few years to get back to where I can oh, hang man. from and again and, and so forth. So I'm looking at those things now, like, okay, th this might be the next evolution for me just to, to get back in it. It was interesting about the, the make America burpee again, though, um, plug that yeah. you just had because, uh, as the release of this show, um, this, you know, that that's back at it. I, I think I just yep. heard. Ralph, uh, prior to the Christmas break, call into the COT podcast with the announcement that that's back at live. So uh, are you planning on doing it? Or are you currently going to be doing it again this year? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, it goes back to the challenge, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of how, how hard am I going to pursue it is the, is the question. You know, it, it worked out really well for me earlier this year because, you know, with three kids, you know, again, eight, five, and two, they want to go outside and play. So it's it, for them, it was great because for 30 minutes or 20 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever I chose, outside of the gloom, I'd go outside into the backyard. I put the music really loud. And then I would just do every minute on the minute, a certain amount of burpees. And so they're having fun because they're looking at daddy doing some crazy workout and they try to do it with me, but then they're on the playground running around. Um, right now right now we are moving we've moved into an apartment uh, as my house is being renovated so uh it goes back to finding the appropriate place to be able to take my kids to a park or somewhere where i can you know get these uh the number of burpees in so depending upon if i'm able to find that location will depend upon how hard i go at it this this yeah. go around from ABBA. i get it i get it and could uh could be one of two things. It could attract uh, more F3, F and Gs if other men are out there on the park looking at you That's right. doing this. That's right. Or it could make them run away. They could be like, I don't know, yeah. whatever that guy's doing. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. want nothing to do with that. Uh, yeah. So We've seen both, you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, currently in F3 Alamo, um, how many AOs do you guys have going on out there? We have, so we just split into four different regions. And so in F3 Alamo area, we have, um, uh, I think 15 or 16, could be 17 different uh, AOs that we have a choice to go to. Within about three miles of where I live, I have about six or seven different options to go to in a given course of the week. Okay, on a week, not not per day. So, so yeah, still per pretty, pretty concentrated. And are these AOs... Um, all boot camp? Do you have running? Do you have gear workouts? What are you guys offering? Yeah, so uh, we have 
one of or some of each. Uh, I started a sand sandbag workout probably like two or three years ago now. Um, you know, at a at a local church parking lot, um, and so that's that's been pretty steady. Uh, of course, boot camp is the standard uh, F3 offering. We have a couple of running groups that meet at certain locations, and that's starting to expand out. And then we have Saturday morning rucks, uh, you know, and some some ruckers that get after it. And so we, we do have different options, but you just have to pick and choose based upon the day that you uh, get, are getting there with that particular type of workout. Yeah, so what what is your personal um, kind of regiment in the gloom? Are you going – Every morning, do you do certain mornings a week? Uh, what kind of AOs are you typically hitting up? Yeah, so uh, you know, if I'm on fire, if I'm if I'm on my typical where where I, where I normally am, probably a good fifty to seventy percent of the time, I'm, I'm six days a week. I probably work out OIO, you know, additional three to four times a week. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty active. I, you know, right now, currently in this state. I'm probably because we're just moving and just like family stuff is taking a little bit more priority. I'm probably a three to four week type of guy and then working out three or four uh, times OYO uh, outside of the gloom. Yeah. And then the AOs you are hitting, are they more boot camp or it sounds like I know that you run some, are you hitting the gear workout? Yeah, that's more of dependent upon what my, my local or what my personal goals are at this, at this particular time. So like right now, I'm just coming off of injured reserve of uh, being with an ankle injury, and I noticed my running was pretty piss poor. So I'm starting to run, be a little more active. So I'm hitting up the boot camps a little bit more and try to maybe even run to the AO if I can. Um, and then, you know, and I'm sure once Make America Burpee again comes up and I start seeing some muscle definition, I'll probably start hitting up the sandlot, uh, the sandbag type of workout. So again, it just really depends on the goals I'm trying to achieve and where, where I'm at. Right now, at this as of this recording, it's uh, it's a lot of cardio because uh, I want to get that up again. Got it. Yeah, and I think variety is where it's at, and you know, challenging yourself. And you know, certain AOs attract certain packs, and uh, for me, it's a nice way of kind of seeing a variety of guys. Uh, if you if you hit some different varieties throughout the week, uh, I'm in a unique situation where I'm really kind of wedged between two regions. And so mm -hmm. for me, it's equal distance to go to AOs in both regions. So I can just like flip a coin and say, okay, I'll go over here versus here. But it expands my ability to, to really communicate with, with different packs. And, and that's really, for me, at this stage of the game, why I do F3. Uh, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. The first step is important and health and wellness is super important to me. But at this stage of the game, it's it's really about the relationships that, that we get to build and and the guys that we get to to, to lean on and and be a rock for uh, that really drives my uh, participation more than anything uh, out there. So that that's interesting. So speaking, I couldn't agree more that. Yeah. Oh well. Let me so, just comment on that. Yeah, go like, for I, it. Mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like for me, whenever I am hitting up videos, I'm the guy that's always yapping. Like I am always yapping. I am um, constant mumble chatterer. Uh, if I'm not yelling out a joke or two to everybody or to the guys around me, I'm asking the guy next to me how the job search is going, or you know how you know what can I be you know working on for you individually. And then of course you mix in a bunch of the jokes and stuff uh, with everybody. And um, but yeah, the social aspect that in the middle of the workout. And then when you finish that 45 minutes and you realize you burned anywhere between 400 to 500 calories and you're like, 
wow. And I, all I was doing is yapping the entire time. Uh, this, this is, this is fantastic. Um, anyways, just want to make sure I finished my thought. I'm not just a whole workout type. Of, I'm not all first F. Like I'm mostly second F just so you know, I'm a yapper. Yeah, no, I think if, if, if anybody does F3 longer than a, a handful of months and certainly more than a year or two, that's really the glue that keeps them coming. Uh, I, right. I think that's what's unique about F3, the COT, and then certainly just that male community uh, camaraderie that we get out there. And, and that's what keeps us coming back. Because if it's just about a an, an workout, just like any other model of workout, people would quit. I mean, it's just human yeah. nature to do something for a while only to get bored with it and, and look for something new and exciting. But that's the beauty of the F3 is, is, is the men that, and, and if you're engaging for that reason, I think that keeps people coming out there a little that's bit more right. consistently. So let's talk about the queen uh, st uh, strategy you got going on right now. Um, sure. Sounds like early life uh, when you're more of the quote unquote athlete, it was just whatever got consumed, got consumed and, and the benefit of being young and high metabolism won the day. But as you transitioned out of that, and as we transition into late thirties and forties and become a, a dad, all that fun stuff, uh, we sometimes have to strategize a little bit more about our queen. What, what, yeah. what's kind of your take on the queen and, and or do you do anything specific for it? Yeah. So I got two modes. I'll, 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 um, I run into. So, you know, mode one is just basically where I'm at today. And then mode two is where I'm really getting serious about something. And then what I'm trying to guard against is my, my biggest downfall is the sweets. And, and in particular, uh, the hours between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. are like my, uh, my worst, right? Like that's where my guard is down. I'm exhausted from an earlier workout. Uh, I'm tired. And so typically, uh, uh, you know, what I, when I know I'm, I'm off my game is whenever I find some sort of dessert or something in the, in the pantry or whatnot. But for the most part, when I, when I'm able to, to stiff arm that, you know, that issue mode one is, uh, you know, I, I really just try to focus on a handful of very important metrics for me. Um, you know, protein, just I make sure I try to get as much protein uh, as possible, anywhere between 100 grams to, you know, my body weight, you know, 180-ish. Um, and so the more protein I get, the less amount of, of, uh, of, of carbs that I, or of hunger that I get. Um, and so, you know, I supplement some, you know, protein shakes, uh, what I was drinking here. Uh, I supplement protein shakes. Uh, so protein is a, a key metric. I always try to get my carbs in. Uh, you know, I, I do believe healthy carbs are super important. So anywhere from uh, oatmeal as a staple every morning, um, you know, I always try to get my fruits and vegetables in. And so, so th those are my, that's just mode. I'm not counting calories. I'm not, I'm not counting anything in particular, except for one thing on mode one, it's fiber. I, I, <laughs> I got to get anywhere between, anywhere between 30 grams to, to about 40 grams of fiber just to make sure that I'm regular. And if you're not regular, then you're not feeling good. So I've, I got to maintain that. So that's, that's where I typically like I am. And I just stay, if I'm not trying to get serious about something, I'll just hit those handful of things. Oh, and I drink at least about a, a gallon of water a day, just those things. Uh, if I'm doing those things, I know that I'm able to maintain my physical fitness, my mental, uh, mentally I'm there, spiritually I'm there and all. Now, mode two 
is where I really get serious. And this is where I'm not, I'm not liking my results about where I'm at. Uh, I need to get to this next level physically. I need to prepare for some sort of event. Uh, I'm mad at myself for not, you know, for falling off the wagon too much and allowing the sweets to get to me. And so I'll go into mode two. And sometimes depending upon how, how, how long I go into mode two is depending upon my, um, uh, my, how long I'm willing and able to stay disciplined, but I'll pull up the, my fitness pal app and I will count calories and, you know, I'll stay anywhere between, and, and this is after the workout, um, you know, anywhere between 2000 to 2,500 calories, depending upon what I'm trying to do with my body. Um, I do make sure that I get 50% of those in my macros and carbs to make sure that I'm able to sustain my energy level up. And then, of course, most of the rest is going to be protein and just a little bit of fats. I do try to drink two gallons of water at that particular point when I'm in mode two. Um, I'm, I'm super focused on getting, you know, not only fruits and vegetables, but, but like, you know, making sure that it's like an abundance of fruits and vegetables. And of course, the, the fiber still remains between 30 to 40 grams. Uh, those are those are the two modes I typically run in. And if I have a lot of life stresses and you know things going on like right now i'm like occupation stuff and like you know moving houses and stuff and um you know th those things i'm not able to get into a really serious mode and make sure i'm counting every piece of calorie uh but at least i'm hitting my main metrics that's where i am today mode one but mode two is again where i really need to get focused and geared in into to getting prepared for something um and so I'm, I'm happy to turn that gear on if i need to whenever the time is right yeah, it sounds like in either mode, there's a there's an aspect of intentionality, uh, which is good. I think that's important when it comes to reaching your health goals. And, and certainly around the queen, people really get in trouble when there's really no thought to it. And they're just consuming what tastes good or looks good or thinks that they, they, they helps them out without any guardrails in place. And it sounds like regardless of the mode that you're in, there's some aspect of that going on, which is... I think is good and, and and will help you and serve you longer. And then to your point, I mean, it's always necessary based on goals to ratchet things up, to, to, to try different things. And, and I, I do that all the time. I mean, I, I find goals, you know, I'm currently in a position or, or in a stage where for me, I wanted to increase strength. I wanted to increase muscle mass. Well, to do that, I need yeah. lots of protein. I need lots of that building block. I need to make sure I'm doing that. Um, and I played around a little bit with some metric uh, stuff. Um, I mean, uh, with some apps and stuff to kind of, A, get me in the ballpark. Because I think sometimes mm -hmm. when we're not tracking it, we just are woefully ignorant on what we're actually getting in our nutrition. So my ch I don't currently or uh, or traditionally track things like that. My, my calories, my macros, anything like that on a day-to-day -day basis. But I did find that for a period of time, albeit short, it allowed me to get some reference points so that when I said, okay, yep. wait, if I eat this amount of protein, this is kind of what I'm getting. And this is the result. And uh, for me, I was, I was falling way short of my goal. And, and to your point, I'm trying to get a gram of protein per body pound of weight or more a day. And for me, I was just way under eating uh, because I practice yeah. inter intermittent fasting uh, pretty consistently. That's just a lifestyle for me at this stage of the game. I just feel better when I'm just 
cutting my meals to once or twice a day and in a smaller window. And so for me to get the amount of protein and calories for my daily, uh, in, in one meal or even two meals can be a challenge. Sometimes I'm looking at this pound of meat, like I'm supposed to eat yeah. all that meat at this one sitting and then yeah. six eggs on top of it and this and that. And it was just, yeah. it was just something that helped me kind of dial it in. Now, once I kind of got in my mind, what my parameters are, it, it's much easier because you know, you just, I'm a rinse repeat guy. I keep it really simple. I, I usually kind of find a few things that I know are good and I can stick with that over and over again. So I'm not having to make too many decisions on a daily basis about, well, can I eat this? Should I eat that or whatever? I'm also not dogmatic to the point where I'm like, well, if I'm just going to eat, you know, meat, I can't have vegetable or fruit. I, I never approach life that, that way either. You know, I'm, I allow myself right. a little grace and acceptance with that. But I do think it's important if there are certain goals, the reality is there's recipes to achieve those goals and you have to be willing right. to dial that in um, and, and do the necessary steps to do it. So um, yeah. it's interesting, man. Now, were you coached yeah. in nutrition at all or is this stuff you're just reading, uh, learning from other guys? What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's a lot of trial and error. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of notes. I mean, I, I journal every day. And so if I'm it, 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 like it, nutrition journal, no, well, no, just journal in, in general, okay. uh, you know, what's like, what's going on with my, with my work, what's going on with, you know, personally and, you know, all that stuff. And so if I notice that there's a point in time where I'm tired in the afternoon, right? Like, so I'm tired in the afternoon, what's my pick me up. And so then I'll experiment with different things and, Again, I like experimentation. So I've heard that if you drink eight ounces of water, then that will replenish your body. And so let's try that. And so, okay, what's the difference between eight ounces and 20 ounces? Oh, but what if I drink eight ounces plus some coffee? And, you know, uh, maybe it's a, an espresso shot. So just a lot of those trial and error pieces and then measuring what that felt like for my body this time around, how much sleep did I get the night before? Um, once you, once you, I'm, once you see these metrics and then you, you write them down and you start seeing how your body reacts to them because everybody, everybody's is different, right? Uh, once you see how your body reacts to it, then it's more or less, okay, this is how I like feeling. And so this is my formula for success if I want to be at an optimal level. And, uh, and so I, I did experiment with one guy, uh, I was talking to him about, you know, nutrition, and, you know, he would have, he was going to charge me like a hundred bucks uh, for like a month. And I thought, and I started walking, asking him what he would, you know, provide me from, from a nutrition standpoint. And it was the same stuff I was already doing. He just has a license and title behind his name. So then I thought, well, I mean, I can get a book or two and learn some of the same stuff. And so then I, then I was, you know, not only adopting some of the same practices with the book that, but I was again, learning from my own experimentation and you know writing down what the the cause and effects were uh and you know again that's when i'm really getting serious though i mean I, I when i get when i'm getting serious about something i'll take it to that next level for the most part i just try to hit a handful of things that make me feel optimal again it's just protein water fiber those types of things making sure i get my fruits and vegetables and carbs yeah i mean as long as you're hitting your metrics or your goals um you know it sounds like what you're doing is working and and you know uh we're all different from a standpoint of what we enjoy and what works for us uh, to some degree, there's really no cookie cutter 
uh, out there, even though some dogmatic uh, eating styles like to proclaim, you know, everyone has to do this or that, or this is the most optimal. Um, and maybe yeah. for some people, um, but I do find the more guys I get to talk to, as long as they're intentional. And, and I've mentioned this multiple times. I think there's a handful of things that we should avoid yeah. uh, when it comes to nutrition. And as long as you're doing that, uh, the other things are just things that you can tweak and play with and find what works for you and your lifestyle and your family or, or whatever. And as long as you're moving in the direction that you want to move in, then, you know, who am I or anybody else to say that it's wrong for you to do yeah. that? Um, you make a great point though, right? I mean, like, so, I mean, everyone's occupation is different, right? So my job is I'm out in the business community a lot. I can't control the type of chicken dinner that's put in front of me or, you know, if a, if a, if a individual wants to go eat at a certain restaurant, I can't control that, right? But I can't control what I choose off that particular menu. I can't control that my five, my eight, five and two year olds just like eating chicken nuggets and fries, right? Like I can't, I can't control that and I can't make my wife help me make like another meal just for us or just for me. Right. So, I mean, you just try to take with what you get. And that's why mode, mode one, right. The, the traditional mode, just being intentional about a handful of things makes the most sense for someone in my lifestyle. But I'll tell you, if I would have learned like how to be extremely intentional back when I was a teenager and playing college ball, you would be talking to the next I don't know, Derek Jeter right now. I would have been a professional, right? Like I would have, I would have been great, but uh, it's just not the way that wasn't in the cards for me. Yeah. I hear you. Well, if, if, if Derek, if you're listening, we'll get you on the show. I'll, uh, that's a, I'll be happy to, that's a plug I'll be happy right to interview you, buddy. Uh, anytime <laughs> to kind of see what's going on there. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, you mentioned sleep a couple of times. I think we both agree. I've mentioned it multiple times on the show, uh, the importance of sleep. What's your sleep strategy? Um, how many hours you get in a night and, and what does that look like? Yeah. So I would like to tell you that I'm a five to six hour guy. Uh, I'm typically a six to eight hour guy depending. And, and, and that would, and that range depends upon, uh, again, the stress levels in my, in my life, uh, what I have going on at that particular moment. I typically go to bed uh, around 10 o'clock, 10.30 feels late. 11 feels like, I mean, I'm like staying up way past my bedtime. And then I set the alarm at uh, at 5.15 a.m. Um, I do, I wrote this down. I wanted to make this recommendation because I've never, I haven't heard it being said, but the sunrise alarm clock is a game changer and uh, it has changed my life in particular. Um, so when that alarm goes off, it, it doesn't make a sound. It just it shows light instead of a sound. So you're waking up with a natural light. So uh, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but for me, whenever a sound wakes me up, it's like it's jolting, and it just it it sometimes it sets you in a bad pace. Uh, so uh, the sunrise alarm clock allows me to wake up with a natural feeling, and so it's a gentler type of wake up. And so uh, anywhere between, so if I'm if I'm sticking to my guns, ten o'clock to five fifteen, that's a good seven hours. You know, again, eleven to to uh, to five ish. You know, that's a six hour window right there. Now, what time are your AOs cranking up in the morning? There, five thirty is uh, okay. So you're cutting it close. You're, you're one of these get up and get uh, quickly yeah. to the AO type of guy. Yeah, I'm the dude. I'm the dude right now because my life is a little bit in disruption. I am showing up either I'm, I'm uh, coming in hot 
or I'm like, I'm the guy forcing everyone to do penalty burpees and then making yeah. friends really quickly. So right at gotcha. this particular moment, my guys don't like me at the moment, but they, but they typically, I'm like right there, uh, at 5:29, I'm running up there. So a couple of things on that. What one is, what's this penalty burpee thing? Is this, if someone's late to the <laughs> OO, they, there's penalty burpees? Apparently they started it one day whenever I was like either on injured reserve or uh, they started one particular AO. But yeah, if someone shows up late, it's 10 penalty burpees for everybody. And, oh, uh, and so if two guys show up late, you know, sometimes it's 20 penalty burpees. And uh, so it's just a way of making sure that everyone knows we're starting at 530 and right. just get you in there in time. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way of doing it. We, we just flat out leave the AO. So if you're late, you're just, you're, you're just lost. So good luck that, trying to find us. Uh, so that, that, that happened that to me. curtails your attendance pretty quickly. That happened to me yesterday. They left and they were about four or five blocks ahead. And I ran, you were talking about my six minute mile. I think I achieved my six minute mile just to catch up with them. And the rest of the workout, I was huffing and puffing. I'm still getting my jokes in, but I was huffing and puffing yeah. just to catch up with them. That's awesome. And so this sunrise alarm, I mean, I've heard of other devices. You say natural light. You, you meaning it just illuminates light, so it's more like emulating like a sunrise um, yes. perspective. Yes, you're, you're much better with words than I am. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah, okay. It, 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 it mimics the sunrise, so it starts off like with the reddish reddish uh, orangish glow and then it turns into a yellow glow over the course of 10 minutes so and then at the okay. end of that 10 minutes 10 minute window then you hear something like a, a some sort of nature calling right it's like a bird chirping or like something like in the background like wind or something so then it adds a sound element and that sound Got element it. then gets a little louder uh over time as well so you really can't you know you can't, you can't, you know, miss your, through your alarm. You can't sleep through your alarm clock because it, there's just a gradual increase in stimulation. Got it. Now. So if, if, if I'm wanting a five fifteen wake up, does it start 10 minutes prior to that? So at five fifteen, it's, I'm guaranteed to be up or is my five or five fifteen my glow starts. And then I got 10 minutes to maybe be awakened. Yeah. So five fifteen is my alarm, which means it's actually starts, at 5.05 and I'm okay. a typically light sleeper. So typically around 5.07, I'm, I'm up and at them. And Got that's it. where the routine starts. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I like that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's good. Now the, the, the caveat I have, and, and maybe it would still work is I wear a uh, eye mask when I sleep just to kind of keep it real black out in my bedroom. Oh, uh, so, you know, okay. I guess if yeah. you don't have, so I guess if you have that on your face. I don't know if the light, having said that there's plenty of research that shows the skin is very sensitive to light that they've even shown, uh, in research individuals in a completely blacked out room, putting in a small light behind the kneecap, not even, what? um, you know, where your eyes could see it and your body still registered that, it was adapting to the light. So it was pretty, it was pretty interesting and, and yeah. why it's important whether or not you're blacking out your eyes or not with an eye mask. If there's other peripheral light in the room, whether it's mm -hmm. an alarm clock or an alarm panel or something that may be heaven forbid a television, you know, something else flickering in your bedroom, it can actually really disrupt your circadian 
and, and rhythm and some of your sleep patterns, wow. even though your eyes are quote unquote covered with, with that. But I like that. So I, I use my alarm clock has like a, um, a soother, uh, um, a sound machine on it. So I listen, okay. I'm one of these guys, I got to have the, the white noise. And so for me, it's the ocean. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and so yeah. part of my alarm, even though it does have a sound is that sound goes off, you know, the, the, the waves stop moving, you know, you stop li- hearing the waves and even the change in that is enough yeah. sometimes to just startle me to say, Oh wait, something's different. Um, That's right. and start to wake up. But I like the light thing because there's a lot of benefit to that, um, with producing cortisol and wakening your body even helps clear, um, uh, the aldehyde from the, the, the um, no, the adenosine, I'm getting my A's mixed up. So adenosine is what's, uh, sits on your brain to help you fall asleep and feel slow or or tired, but it gets taken off and it's the same receptors that compete with caffeine. And so Mm -hmm. when you drink coffee, that's what you attach to the adenosine receptors. And that's one of the reasons I've been shared it in a tip that the optimal time to have your first cup of coffee is about 90 minutes after you wake up because hmm. it gives enough time for that adenosine to sh- slough off. And then the caffeine, when it recept- when it binds that receptor, gives you a bigger caffeine punch so that you don't, yep. you get a better benefit from it. I guess you go, you don't have that yeah. afternoon crash or something like that. Yeah. And part, and yeah, part of doing that is getting increase. light in your eyes. Yeah. And part yep. of it is getting your light in your eyes and, we as F3 men are usually out before the sun comes up. So doesn't really apply to us. But if you were somebody that slept to when sun was up, getting into that sunlight as quickly as possible uh, is, yep. is a great strategy to kind of get the body going and then have your cup of coffee. But I'm an, I'm an hour before workout guy, wake up. Uh, I, I just found for me, I need, I, it's a whole process. That's when I do my journaling. I do some quiet yeah. time. I do a little hydration. Um, speaking of, you know, uh, uh, getting the bowels movement, you know, all that yep. for me is, is, is that optimal time before the, the post. So yeah. uh, I don't know how I, well I would do with the uh, 15 minute uh, runway to get out there. <laughs> well, well and, I've, and I've tried that too, right? I mean, again, I like the experimentation with, with, with different ideas and, and strategies. And so, for a little bit of there, I was getting up at, at 4.15 or 4.05-ish and jumping on a bike, a stationary bike, for 45 minutes to an hour. And I, that's where I would do my, um, you know, I, I read the Wall Street Journal every morning. Um, you know, I, I, you know, make sure I keep up with the current events of the world, the local community news, and I'll catch up with everything on that bike. Uh, and then after that, I've experimented with them. Before I even go to a workout, you know, do my, my journaling, then... Um, and then of course the bowel movements and the, um, and, and eating something prior to, uh, experiment that, but my issue with that is that on, on the front end of going to sleep, it, it requires me to go to bed like at nine 30, uh, 10. Uh, and so, and so my, my, my oldest daughter, when we put her to bed, uh, she doesn't fall asleep until nine 30 or 10. And that means I have no time with my wife. And and this is my only alone time with my wife without three kids yapping and and and, and yelling. So, um, so so part of this is is I think in the stage of life that I'm in. But I, I love the idea of people who get up at four o'clock or 
I think Dredd has mentioned something sometimes getting up at 3.30 in the morning to start some of the same processes in the writing, because I think that's admirable. In my stage of life today, it's it's difficult for what I want to achieve overall. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, you know, he's got teenage daughters. I have teenagers as well. And it's just, it's easier. I mean, I don't, if I tried to stay up past them, I would be up all night. Yeah. So, I, my wife and I, we're at the stage where we can just, all right, kids, make sure the lights get turned off and we're going to yeah. bed, you know, and, and we'll just go up. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, my M and I share a similar schedule from my desire to go to bed at a certain time and, and wake up at a certain time, which is helpful. Yeah. And I know that's not always the case with, with, with spouses. Some, some are more the night owls, some are more the morning early person. And sometimes that clashes when guys start to get in this F3 uh, sleep yeah. cycle, uh, and it can yeah. be a little more challenging, uh, for them, but, uh, that's, that, that's, uh, interesting. And, and the important thing is get sleep, man. And it sounds like that's what that's you're right. doing from, from a recovery standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Well, Spur, I'm, man, I'm the... yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Please. I was yeah, just going to say, man, I could, I could, I could talk to you, man, forever about <laughs> some of this stuff. Uh, I do have a few last questions for you uh, as we kind of wind yeah. some things up here, brother. But uh, you uh, obviously have shared tons of good information already. But uh, one of the things I do like to ask guests and I you know, want you to share yours is what would be three tips that you would share with a man or woman, whomever, that uh, needed to stop being a sad clown and get on their own hunt for wellness? What would those three tips be? Ooh, three tips to get on the hunt for well. Clearly, I have not been listening to your podcast, uh, you know, as much as I, I probably should be in preparation for this. Three tips. I, I think um, I think number one is uh, setting a goal of what you're trying to accomplish. Right? Like, I mean, what are you, what are you trying to do? I mean, are you, are you trying to, uh, you know, run a marathon? I mean, are you trying just to get in shape? Like, I mean, what are, what are we trying to do? overall are you just trying to look good in front of the mirror uh setting a goal would be you know number one just understanding your where you're trying to achieve um n number two is uh you know i i would say that the the queen is is way more important than the the, the kink and so monitoring the food intake is it's, it's going to have a huge impact on you and it's going to make you feel and and uh better if it's probably going to have a, uh, a more of an impact. So I would get that right first, as long as you have a goal, you get your, your queen right. And then, and, you know, I would then start uh, looking at, you know, what are your, um, uh, who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, who are your, who are your peers? Um, you know, in F3, we take a lot of pride in, in surrounding ourselves with really awesome men. And, and, you know, we, we challenge each other every morning. And for me, I, I go and I'm in awe every morning of all the men I post with because either they're, you know, anywhere between 25 to 30 years old to 65, 70 years old, and they all kick ass at what they do and they inspire me. Um, and so if, if I'm around those types of individuals, I know I'm going to be great for the rest of my life. If, if you're around individuals who are always wanting to go drink beer and, you know, complain about their job and stuff, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to make those, those, you're not going to meet that goal that you're trying to achieve. So I would say those are the three biggest tips, you know, set your goal, get your queen, right. And then watch out who you're looking out, uh, who you're surrounding yourself with. 
Yeah, it's the cl- classic. Uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? It's, it's yeah. the whole concept yeah. of of who you surround yourself with, and that's the beauty of F three and why it's so valuable to uh, those of us who really want to aspire to be these high impact men because that's what F three comprises of, and it's fun to be out there and be inspired every day by those men right. and, and and learning what they're doing. Uh, and um, even six years later, man, I'm still learning. And it's fun and it's great. Yeah. yeah. So um, I do have one final question here, Spur. But before I ask it, I do just want to take a few moments here and acknowledge you once again and say thank you uh, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for your leadership in F3. Certainly, you know, the flag uh, of what you did there in F3 Alamo uh, through the GTE, through all of that. And then currently what you're doing on a national level and how you're supporting the sector, you know, the Nantans in your sector. So uh, kudos to you, man. Uh, I know you're a high impact man, man and, and the guys in your area and then the trickle down effect of, of the, of the community at large is really benefiting with your leadership. So uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Um, if a man wanted to that. reach out, yeah, you're welcome. If, if a man wanted to reach out to you, maybe you heard, they heard something you, you had to say today or, um, just wanted to connect with you, what would be some optimal ways for them to do that? You know, I think I've learned my lesson from somebody said, don't ever put your cell phone out there. Uh, but if you're on, if you're on Slack, you can find my cell phone number, but I, mean, I think best way is like on Twitter. And I'm always on Twitter, at least searching for um, the latest sports news. I'm a big Oklahoma Sooner fan. And so following recruiting, and uh, we had a tough year this year, but all the like, inside of the games and stuff, I'm always following that. And of course, all sports, Twitter's like the best uh, tool, but at SG underscore spelling out three, T-H-R-E-E, SG underscore three uh, is my, my Twitter handle. Just shoot me a tweet. Uh, but if, again, if you're on the Nation Slack channel, my contact information is there if you want to um, reach out to me via email or, or cell phone. You're more than, happy, more than welcome to. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I know that that's how... I was able to connect with you most easily. So, um, you know, if you're on that nation Slack channel, folks, uh, make sure you grab that and, and reach out to spur. So my last question for you, brother, is this, what is your definition of wellness? My de- definition of wellness. I, I, <laughs> we didn't even get into the wheel, which is so funny because that was <laughs> one of the things I was preparing for the entire time. My definition of wellness is multifaceted into so many different levels outside of just physical it's um it's having good wellness when it comes to being spiritual emotional occupational intellectual environmental financial and social so there are times in my life where i am stronger than others in each of these aspects and um but overall all of them are interconnected with one another and so like and as an example like if you're having a stressful time at work um, and you're not able to get the proper sleep because you're working on a project, that's going to have a ripple effect into you emotionally, physically, socially, financially, all, all across the board. Um, or like if you're focusing too much on the physical, you're not going to be able to have a good, you know, maybe an intellectual, um, you know, uh, wellness and all. So there's all sorts of elements of, of wellness that I think comprehend like being really functional and you know, the, those eight that I referenced are, are, I think, 
the most important things to take into consideration. Yeah, the the classic, uh, you know, it it wellness comes from a lot of different angles, and we can't just concentrate on one thing. Um, perspective. So I think that's awesome, man. And yeah, to your point, uh, we did not touch on the wheel. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Just, yeah, maybe I'm a guest for, speaker for, in a year or two. Yeah, maybe a, a follow up. Um, just so for context, um, what what wheel are you referring to? Just so listeners know, maybe if they wanted to kind of check it out on their own. Yeah, I mean, just Google dimensions of wellness. There's a a, a wheel that was. Uh, uh, referenced by UC Davis or University of California Davis. It was uh, brought on to me whenever I was at a, a neighborhood party. And, um, you know, there's a woman who always walks around our neighborhood, always smiling, like she's always the most energetic individual. And so I saw her at this party and I just said, man, I just want to tell you, I did every time you walk by, I just love that you're smiling and just it, it lights up the neighborhood, really appreciate it. What do you do for a living? And she goes, well, I'm in charge of wellness at, you know, San Antonio Water Systems. Tell me more. And then, uh, and then she's also in the uh, on the council of the mayor's wellness program. It's like, well, okay, well, uh, clearly you know about wellness. Give me your, your definition of wellness. Let's talk about it. And we sat there and we were chatting with her and my wife and a bunch of other people about what wellness means. And so she's the one who pointed me to this particular well will uh but again uc davis look up dimensions of wellness and you'll see these eight different aspects of of wellness that um that encompass what my definition would be of what being a well individual consists of thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your f3 brothers As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.